This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Andy Laird from the So Rare Andrews podcast, and we answered lots of your questions. We uh, discussed the newsletter that was released and all the topics on it, um, the releasing of a Series B team. There was lots of stuff in there. We went off on lots of side topics and, and talked a load of shit. I hope you enjoy it. So, I'm joined by the second Andy of the Andrews podcast, the So Rare Andrews podcast. I don't. I was actually going to put a poll out, and then I thought it might be a bit insensitive because someone's going to get hurt. I was going to put a poll out and say, who's your favourite Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Andy and I are mature enough to know that uh, it's all good fun, and I don't think he would feel bad losing it. <laughs> hey But um, Andy, 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 or Andrew, Andy, it doesn't matter. Um you are recently the head of content at So Rare Data, uh, which I love listening to your podcast now because it, it's like, you can't leave now. You've just got that extra skin in the game, like your livelihood, you know, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, I suppose, do you want to let everyone know who's listening just a little bit about you, your story, how you got to where you are, highlights, lowlights, milestones, whatever else, uh, just to give them a feel of where you're at? Yeah, sure. Uh, my, I haven't been involved in sports or content like my entire life. I'm uh, on the older side, so I'm not going to pretend like uh, I'm new to any industries. But I turned 40 two months ago, and so my my background is a little longer than than others who are involved. But basically, I worked in finance after I graduated from school. And at one point, I woke up and I was like, "This isn't what I want to do. I want to go work in sports." And so I went back to get my master's in sports business at uh, New York University. So I'm from New York. And so it was right there. And I basically worked part-time or I uh, worked full-time and went to school part-time to get my master's in sports business. And I was like, I'm going to work in sports. And I eventually quit my job in finance and went to work at ESPN because they uh, are located near me. And I happened to make this decision as like the global economy tanked. Mm -hmm. And getting a job at ESPN was easy for me to say, and it turned out to be impossible for me to do. And so I ended up, uh, at the time I had been working very part-time-ish for a company called Rotowire. For those of you who don't know, they're a fantasy content uh, company that's been around now for more than 20 years, but uh, they kind of invent, not kind of, they invented the player note. So if you ever look on some fantasy games in the States, uh, there are a few international ones that, you know, the player news and some analysis, they invented that. And I did some NFL work for them for a while. And then it kind of just grew as I was looking for more work. And, What's your favorite sport? Uh, it's now, uh, I, I call it soccer, but soccer is now my favorite sport. Um, I went to Villanova, uh, which is a school right outside of Philadelphia in the States, and their basketball team is my true love. So if there's oh. anything that I'm watching, it's Villanova basketball. But uh, soccer has become the sport that I loved. And, and the kind of the irony is that I didn't grow up uh, loving soccer. I didn't follow professional soccer until I started working for Rotowire. And 
they had a, a contract that required them to do a certain amount of soccer work. And they, I was desperate for work at the time. And they said, would you like to do some soccer stuff? I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to. And I remember hanging up the phone and being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I don't know anything about <laughs> soccer, like literally nothing. I've heard uh, you this say was, that before. <laughs> yeah. This was about not even 10 years ago. And so I had to throw myself into it because it was my job now. And I remember watching some, uh, I had this memory of watching a Tottenham Europa league game. And I think they had already qualified and all these nobodies were playing. And somebody was like, why are you watching this game? Like Europa league, it's, it's very random, all the players. And I was like, no, I just have to learn like as much as I can. Mm. And I'm not even a Tottenham supporter, uh, just the opposite. Actually, if they lost every game from now on, that'd be perfectly fine for me. <laughs> but so I pretty much just, uh, increased what I was doing soccer wise, uh, at Rotowire and DFS soccer became kind of a big thing. And we, uh, we're building tools and doing more content for that. And it just kind of took off. And eventually this game called So Rare uh, came into our view as something that maybe we wanted to cover. And I remember I joined uh, So Rare and I was like, this is absurd. I, I, I hadn't, I wasn't into crypto. I wasn't into NFTs and this whole idea of like NFT fantasy soccer where you actually have to buy these cards. I'm like, this, this isn't going anywhere. And then you know, you get the itch and you start looking at it, you play a little more and you buy your first card and you're like, well, there's a, there's a humongous leap of faith that you take yeah. when you, uh, go to, to go into NFTs and particularly in Soware. And you're just like, once you buy your first card, you're like, I guess I'm in. And it just <laughs> kind of steamrolled from there. Uh, and then fast forward to kind of back in the summer, uh, Maxime Hagenbouger at Soware Data reached out to me and, uh, he had these awesome growth plans for the site and he, uh, you know, asked if I was interested in being a part of it. And it was kind of like, of course. Yeah. Wow. That's mm -hmm. I'm on this site forever. And I was, I found myself spending more time, uh, thinking about so rare than I was about other DFS games that I was doing for work. And yeah, it was just a natural progression and uh, lucky enough to, to hop in on so rare data. And here we are now. Here we are now recording the So Far So Rare podcast. And the thing I find most surprising about you being here, to be honest, is that Black Friday is just like two days away. I thought you'd be in like an MMA gym training or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you, get, you guys do, isn't it? You just like go and fight over TVs and stuff. Yeah, I have my battle armor ready, so I just uh, <laughs> still have to figure out which sword I'm going to bring. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's something like this week. Happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. And it's the beauty of this podcast is that it is global. And there are hundreds of people who listen from the US, which is great. But um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. It's not something we really even recognize here, other than people trying to get sort of budget electronics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seals and shit like that. But I mean, other than that... Yeah, we're kind of like, I kind of have a rule in this house where we don't put the Christmas tree up until like the 1st of December. So we're not going to be festive for another week. But um, what what what's your next few days going to entail? What is Thanksgiving a third tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah, Thursday. It's uh, So Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the entire year because it's really just an excuse to get together with either your family and friends and it's to celebrate gluttony and you just eat and drink as much as you possibly can. <laughs> and there are some of those who kind of take it easy so they can take advantage of the black Friday sales. And there are others, hopefully like me, that's just like so stuffed and hung over on Friday that we <laughs> yeah. can just hang out. And is it, is it kind of just like, it's like a Christmas before Christmas in a sense, like the same type of dinner, same type of stuff. Yeah. I would even say, well, maybe because we have both, uh, the, the Christmas dinner gets uh, pushed down, but like, 
Thanksgiving dinner always feels like it's all about getting as much as you possibly can. And then, you know, you kind of unbutton the pants and then have dessert. And then it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I'm telling you, it's literally just a day. It feels like gluttony and there's NFL football on that takes up the entire day that you're just supposed to like sit on the couch and watch. Like there are no expectations other than eat and drink as much as you can possibly do. That's kind of like Christmas, except we look at <laughs> football on like, like soccer on actual Christmas day, which is a shame, but um, what yeah, I've Boxing discovered day, recently, yeah. yeah, on Boxing Day, you get it, or Stephen's Day as it's known in Ireland, um, Stephen's Day, yeah, that's a okay. cause of contention here when I came down from the north of Ireland and started saying Boxing Day, they're like, when? But um, <laughs> the thing, something I've recently learned, and this is just a nugget of, you know, that's what we're about here, dropping knowledge on everyone. I mean, everyone here is over 18. Everyone here has a few pints of the dinner every so often. I found I was going out with my girlfriend for meals and I was drinking four pints and then eating a big meal. And then going out for more pints. And I was just the shittest dinner date ever. Like I just sit in silence in like a food coma. <laughs> I have discovered at the age of 28 wine. I now drink wine if I go out for dinner. And by God, it's a lifesaver. The volume, you bang for your buck. Yeah. In terms of stomach space, it's absolutely game changing. So highly recommend it to anyone out there who gets too full and can't drink pints. No, I completely agree with you. And, and what's nice is that there are some that are literally like digestives, like they're meant to be mm. consumed with a lot of food. And so, yeah, it's a uh, welcome to adulthood. I think you finally made it. <laughs> I made it at 28. <laughs> um, I'm over the moon with that. So, right. That's, oh, I want another question I had for you is what the fuck is eggnog? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like it's not a thing here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it is, to be honest, but I have it every so often. And it's one of those things that you have one and you're like, I'm good for a while. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to get some eggnog in for the, the drunk cast this year. Um, there's a little spoiler for anyone listening. <laughs> I think that's all the Thanksgiving stuff I have. Um, yeah. So we actually do have a good bit to talk about this week, Andy. Um, mm -hmm. Do you know, there's obviously, there was a newsletter. I think there was a bit of, was there a bit of a debacle about not coming out? It was meant to be every two weeks and then we've waited a while for one and whatever else. But I'm, I can't know if I can be arsed talking about that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about them releasing a Serie, Serie B football club today, AC Monza. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how I feel about it, but I can't wait to hear how you feel about it. And I'll probably form my opinion based on that. <laughs> uh, to be honest um, the questions uh, there were lots submitted thank you so much we'll get to them and then I have a couple of questions for you myself and we'll do the 137 game to wrap up so that's what's on the agenda we're going to start with the um, this newsletter thing so it's from Dan basically there's a whole lot of nothing here <laughs> uh, am I wrong in saying that? no um, no. and I don't know I think I have a lot of opinions on the on the idea of a biweekly newsletter, but what year? but a lot of it is like in any sort sort of job or situation. It's like if you're working on something and it takes a while to work on, updating everyone every two weeks to be like, we're still working on it, and it's like okay, like that. I don't need to know that, and so yeah. I feel like it's so rare. Sometimes wants to be like very transparent about what they're doing. And sometimes I think it's okay to just not be and just be like, we're still, we're working and we'll let you know when there's an update, but then they have to like tell us in two weeks, like we're still working on it. And that's kind of how this newsletter felt that it was like, now we know what they're working on, but I think we all kind of assumed they were working on that stuff anyway. And now mm. we're just kind of left, you know, when you hear somebody say like, something's going to be ready soon, like your natural inclination is to be like, well, when, 
And now it's like when you keep hearing soon, it's like at some point it's not soon. Speaking of what is soon, you kept saying that the so rare data app was coming soon, but like actually soon, and it actually came. And I think the <laughs> response has been pretty pretty amazing. It's not even something I have in my notes, but it's something we're talking about. The so rare data app is live now. I kind of got in your ear and wangled a bit of beta testing a bit early and shared a few screenshots, and that's yes. why so I'm just kind of used to it, and it's amazing. But I think everyone else has just been blown away. I haven't seen neg. I'm sure there's been some negative feedback. Maybe there hasn't. But I've I've only seen positivity and people here are like buzzing about it. Yeah, it it felt really good to get it out because there had been enough teasing. Uh, we had a, a a nice group of of beta testers. Thank you for your help with that. And it was just kind of funny because like every person that we asked to help test within like five minutes, they're like. Can I can I share this? Can I talk to this about? This? And it's like, hmm. yes, like go ahead. But like, there's going to be stuff that we'd like to to keep uh, inside until it's released. But yeah, it's been incredibly positive, and uh, we're excited. We're already, I mean, even before the 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 first version came out, we were already kind of looking at what we were going to do for version two. And so, uh, thank you to everybody who has rated and reviewed it wherever um, wherever you guys get your apps. And if you could keep doing that, that would be greatly appreciated. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. Like it, it adds a very different element, and uh, I find myself like looking back if I'm on my desktop, and I'm like actually on SoRare data. I will I'll be like, oh, I wonder how my teams are, and I pick my phone up. Like I'm literally mm. on the site where I normally used to check all my scores, <laughs> yeah, but I'm actually yeah. going somewhere else just because like the app is just it's so smooth, the design is so great, and it works really well. And so uh, yeah, it's, we're really excited about it. And I I felt bad about everybody seeing these uh, screenshots and being like, when is it coming? And I was like, it's soon. And they're like, no, no, no. Like soon means something very different in so rare, in yeah, so rare yeah. terms. And I was like, yeah. So when I went with like the actually soon, like I was, I hope that people appreciated that. Yeah. It's, it's great to have it there. And I found it. I, here's one for you again, derailing the conversation. We're going to be here all night. <laughs> I hit 420 in under 23's D4 last weekend. And I got, 27th place tier two rare and i got some shitter i got some guy called i'd never even heard of him his name is a tradition like no other was so rare tiberibo i think his flag is like i don't want to get that wrong it's mars palestine or something what israel is that really bad that i mixed them two up are they the two that are at war (laughs) they're the two that fight aren't they (laughs) yeah where is where who does he play for? <laughs> he plays for um uh God. Yeah, you don't even know. R- RZ Pellets. Is that a team? No, you made that up. RZ Pellets whack. <laughs> I swear to God. Four hundred and twenty points in under twenty three D four or rare. And I get a guy called Tiber Ebo who plays for RZ Pellets whack. What the fuck <laughs> is that? <laughs> I um <sighs> I did not score that well. I actually had a, a zero goalkeeper, but still managed a tier three super rare that or super rare tier three rare. Excuse me, that I've already sold. Mm. So I think I won yeah. this one. Yeah, I think so. Um, but anyway, the reason Wait, so I bring what that league up is, is that guy in? I think it's Austria. Oh, Austria. Okay. Yeah, it's Austria. So I can't even use him for a couple of months, really. Um, right. But he. Um, bottom line here is the reason I brought it up is it was on the app, and I was at like. After like 10 minutes of the Feyenoord game, I was first, I was sitting in first and I was like, oh, there's a real chance. Clicked on finish lineups and it was like, 
I'm fucked. I don't have a because chance. Because <laughs> there was literally like f- people with like 5.5% or 5.5 whatever live, you know, yeah. and like this live, that live. And I realized at that point, the Feyenoord stacking in under 23 is real. And then they went and won 4-0 and Sinistera and Malachia and the goalkeeper and everyone did amazing. And I came 27th with a score of 420 points. Ooh. I was, I actually went into the day thinking I could win this. You know, I could win yeah. this cuckoo captain sitting in like seventh place. Anyway, yeah. that's a tough one. I think one of the benefits of that of the app is that you can see like, you know, we give you a congratulatory message if you're like placing really yeah. well. And the worst is getting it that early. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I can. And then show unfinished lineups. And you're just like, yeah. ah. when I see the little message, that's like so far, so good. I always think so far, so rare. There you that's go. What I always think um, just me. Maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit biased. Um, so anyway, yeah, so Rare Data app is out. Everyone go and get it. Leave them a review everywhere so people know that it's the real one and not some dodgy person trying to steal your data. Um, yeah, and to be, or I, I'll just add one more thing to that. I think uh, some people had not seen the screenshots that were going around and they, when the app came out, they thought it was just kind of going to be a an app version of the website, you know, just kind of like a mobile friendly version of the website. But it, this thing was like built from the ground up and... I think we're going to uh, bring some things from the app onto the the web app, uh, you know, like the website so that, mm. because there are some things that I think the app, the mobile app does better than the web app. And we're just kind of looking at things like, wow, maybe we should just do it like that. So um, yeah, there's a lot going on both uh, for the mobile app and the web app that I think people are going to enjoy. Will it work vice versa where someday I can go into the app and search a player, historic prices, offers, all that? Like, is that coming to the app? Yeah, that, I think our, our our goal is everything that's on the web app will be available in the mobile app at some point. And so mm. that that takes time. It, I mean, it took years to build the site and, um, you know, getting all of those things to, to look right in an app is is where we are. But yes, I, with the secondary market stuff we want to do, we have a lot of, um, of ideas on how to improve the web app that we're going to eventually put in the mobile app. But obviously the only thing that you will likely never be able to do is to actually bid on mm. cards or buy them. And that's more that that that's something that people think they want but from a security standpoint like you really don't want other apps to be able to do that for you so that's for people who think that that's coming like if you if if you find an app that does that for you you should be very questionable about it oh i know this is rude you're in the middle of talking but you and andy always do this in your podcast where something will happen live on so rare i've just been offered 0.425 0.425 for pass oh, yeah, fear. Yeah. yeah, we were just talking about this. Yes. I so, mean, my gosh. yeah, this is Wednesday. This is going Friday. It could be old news. The discussion point is Onana is in for Ajax and pass fear, the 37-year-old, has been rotated for the first time in a long time. He's kept a million keep clean sheets. And the question in my mind now is, is this purely a Champions League rotation thing? Or is this going to be like Onana's back, baby, and pass fear is going to rot on the bench and retire in a year? And I should take the sixteen hundred euro that I've just been offered. I, I think the really... other thing is Ajax is heavily rotated today, not just Passphere, but like a lot of them. Yeah. But Onana's around, and there was kind of this expectation that he wasn't going to play at all because he's leaving in the summer anyway. Hmm. And now it's like, oh, if there's a possibility he can play, now you're starting Passphere every week, thinking there's another guy who could play. <laughs> and so, do you know what? Do you know what? Fuck them. We're not taking it because I'm <laughs> the lowest on the market. Oh. I'm the lowest on the market by like loads. Even Pavel's higher than me. <laughs> so 
I'm going to reject it. And I, I guarantee, I guarantee that he buys it before the end of this podcast. It'll sell at 0.45. We don't even have does, a, a deadline until we have, you know, two days or a day and a half or so. So uh, uh, there's plenty of time for somebody to buy that at your ass. I'm talking as in an, in an hour's time. Like he's going to come back in like 20 minutes. I always do this, you know, he put in a 0.425 bid. That's too close. I know you'll pay the whole hog if I just keep rejecting. And no one else is close to my price. So best of luck. <laughs> uh, criterium, if you listen. That's- that is literally one of my favorite things about so rare that the way that we react to people who are trying to buy things that we have listed for less. And mm. it's the, it gets to a point where the, the amount doesn't matter. It's all principle where you're just like, you're looking at this card and, and it doesn't even matter what card it is. The best is when it's a card that's going for basically nothing. And you're mm. like, I have this card posted for $7 and someone's like, I'll give you $6 and 98 cents. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, no way. There's no way here. I'm taking less than $7. And they're like $6.99. You're like, no, I won't no. give up that penny. And then they walk away and you don't sell. And you're just like, oh, I should have yeah. $6.99. I'll tell you something though. I used to be much more mobile. I suppose mobile the word much more active with buying and selling and I used to always have my eyes on the next glittery thing and I'd want the ETH for it and I would actively want to sell my cards mm-hmm. and I would always knock off 5-10% and negotiate and come down and be a bit more desperate with it and I tell you you see in the last like two months I'm at the point where I'm really settled with my gallery there's no one I really have my eye on and other than like an elite sort of under 23 super rare i might go for that at auction i've been keeping my eye out there's been very few of them come up and i am just throwing people on the market and i am literally saying no to everything <laughs> and people are paying what i'm wanting hmm. i swear to god because i'm lowest on market and i'm just nope nope sorry no thanks uh, appreciate it no thanks <laughs> i get it man oh, i really do look i'm just sorry i can't i'm in i'm in no pressure to sell mm-hmm. and they they always bite they always do it, it's just it's a great position to be in um so yeah i, I don't know that's not really it. advice you can give because normally when people are selling it's it, they don't decide whether they you don't decide whether your mindset is that you need to sell or you don't. You either do need to sell or you don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not something like it's a decisive thing you decide. It's just a position you're in. So it's a more of a lucky thing. Yeah, anyway. no, for sure. I think, and obviously ones that you get closer to the deadline, people are always a little more desperate. My problem is, is that the, the deadlines are six o'clock in the morning for me. And mm-hmm. so I have to, I wake up. And if I happen to wake up like after the deadline, the notifications I get are like, so-and-so put in this offer that was like lower. And then I get another one for this offer, this offer. And then it's like, oh, so-and-so has been pulled from your training lineup because the card sold. And it's like, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I hear you. But um, anyway, I keep derailing us. We still haven't talked about this newsletter. So we're going to bang this out. Uh, Dan basically says, here's our newest update. Our newest, newest newsletter with loads of updates. Rewards and tiers update. As a game week 220, rookie cards were added to the prize pools. We've also added more data to player evaluation across scarcities and built tools that allow us to better monitor and balance our leagues and divisions. We have a number of improvements in the pipeline, which include introducing more tiers to bring better consistency to rewards, increased availability of star rewards across divisions, and reducing our reliance on Opta when computing the remaining games left for a player over an entire season. Any thoughts? They all seem positive. It's, we're doing our jobs. Yeah. Thanks for checking in. 
yeah i suppose it's kind of like we're fixing I, dynamic rewards yeah It'll happen i mean at I, some stage but i can appreciate that like the things that they work on are complex and therefore when we say hey this needs to be fixed not everything can be fixed immediately and with the way that some of their decisions affect like every user on the platform you can't just be like take the first suggestion implement it and just go and so like i appreciate that some of these things take a long time and but we're now like getting updates like that thing that takes a long time it's taking a long time and but we're still working mm. on it so i don't know i don't know I, I asked the question i remember now that it was the start of september it was two months ago probably eight podcasts ago i asked the question i think it was black i asked the question i actually asked the other andy so i'll ask you it now it's been a while i asked him should we get the pitchforks out about the progress bar because it was due late summer early late september summer. And he said, like, no, milk the yeast for as long as you can. And I get that. But I, I swear now, I'm still getting messages every day. I've had two messages today. I definitely had a message yesterday. Because people find my YouTube stuff and they ask me questions like, what should I do? I want to sure. build a team. Um, I want to I wanna go building. And even at MLS offseason, should people go and buy their four or five rares so that when the MLS comes back, they can go grind an ETH? And I just, I'm like, it could be next week. It could be four months. I have no idea what strategy you should take on as a beginner. And it's the reason that my beginner's tutorial that's 10 months old now is still the only one on my channel. Because I don't want to make another one that goes out of sure. date next week. So I don't know what advice to give people. I don't know what's coming. Are we getting towards pitchfork territory or am I still just... Maybe I'm closer to it because I get asked these questions all the time and have to answer them. I'm sure you do as well to some extent. Um, I'm sure your average listener maybe doesn't. They just play so rare and listen to content as opposed to making it. But like, I genuinely have no idea what advice to give people. I'm kind of giving them it anyway. I'm telling them, buy four airs, use your common keeper, grind ETH for as long as you can. Be aware that might change to the drop of a hat. But yeah, it's just a bit annoying. The question is, is it pitchfork time or is it not? Well, did they say whose summer it would be ready? Because like the northern <laughs> Get out of here. they're from France and America is the only <laughs> other place that we have the same summers. They're not I mean, southern hemisphere, like yeah. I mean, we're uh, you know everybody's working remotely now, and maybe Dan is in Australia and he's waiting <laughs> for someone to come up. So yeah, who knows? no, I think I agree with Andy completely that like we should definitely not want this prog progress bar to come sooner rather than later because. The only reason to get it is that we have some like finality of what the answer is. But if the e th thresholds were better than or were worse than the progress bar, then they wouldn't for so rare, then they wouldn't do it. Mm. Like, and so obviously we have to know that the e threshold payments now are better for us. And the progress bar has to be something that they're doing in order to make it better for their business. I think a lot, a lot of people forget that like so rare is a business. And so they need to do make decisions that are good to make sure the business stays you know, humming. And so mm. I imagine that whatever we get from the progress bar, even if it's like the equivalent to the same payouts, but just delayed, you know, you have to earn it over five game weeks before you get your ETH or something like that. But like what we have now is great. And so I think if you're new coming into the platform, like, yeah, I completely agree with you that you should buy your four rares and grind the ETH and, and work your way up from there. And, and granted that's, those are for people who are coming in with like, you know, more of a modest budget. Mm. We have seen plenty of people come in with, what feels like unlimited funds, just buying everything left and right. And they're, you know, we wouldn't tell people like that to say, you know, buy four rares and use your common goalkeeper. Like mm. if you have, it, you know, it's a pay to earn game. And so if you have the money to, to buy a ton of stuff, then you should probably go in and make a plan and buy that ton of stuff.
Mm. No, I uh, I agree. I'm just um I'm being the worst host in the world here, Andy, because I am a little bit uh, distracted by this past fear debacle. <laughs> I'm I'm literally getting like every time I'm looking at so rare, click around players you mentioned, click around things. I'm getting like offers, and someone's just offered me point four four, and then he cancelled it. Oh. I'm I'm lowest on market with point four five, and after me it's Pavel with point four nine eight. I'm gonna cancel my list and I go to point four seven five. Ooh, so not so. So what's funny is that there are, are people who will go to like buy cards, and and I think Pavel does this too, where like he'll get a an offer on a card and it's low, he'll reject it, and then he'll raise his price, which is like what you're doing now, but you're not doing it because like you want you think like the offers you're getting are unfair. It's just that like, oh, somebody's higher and I can go higher, but still be the lowest. So it's like, it has yeah. nothing to do with the offers you're getting, but no. like, why not? I can go higher and I'm getting offers like from different people here that are fair. And I'm kind of like, someone might bite or someone might offer me 0.46. It's all anchoring. Now they're going to look and the price is 0.475 and they're going to go, I'll come in just below that at 0.46. Whereas when it's a 0.45, they're like, I'll come in at 0.44. Sure. Anyway, um, how do you feel if you're the person who bought a point six yesterday? Um, Not great, huh? That's what you get for buying thirty-seven-year-old goalkeepers. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's it's a shit one. Um, even worse if you you've bought a super rare, unique, or something crazy. But yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, on the rewards and tiers update, we've we've went through that. Um, and it's yeah, encouraging to just... hear that they're that they're going to add more tiers. I feel like that's something we yeah. already knew. But maybe we increased didn't. availability of star rewards across divisions. So basically, saying we're going to give out more stars. That's fun. That is good. That is good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the tiers is essential. Trying to categorize players into three groups is impossible with the amount of different situations out there. And I, to be honest with you, wasn't even aware that rookie cards weren't in the prize pools. That shows how switched on I am. But accidental listings. This is a controversial one. Fucking triple check your listings, you bunch of idiots. <laughs> do you know, like, I, I get it. But I mean, I think there's only so much they can do. They're going to test more UI and UX, whatever else, to protect people even more. Okay. Once they do this, can we just stop bitching about it and just not make mistakes? Yeah. I, I get it. But like, there has to, there comes a point. I agree. Like, there, I feel like we need to have, people are expecting Sober to build something to be like, I'm sorry, we're not going to let you sell that card at that price because it's incorrect. Like you can't, yeah. you can't start having so rare deciding what's what should be uh, sold and whatnot. But yeah, I I have sympathy for those who misprice a card, you know, accidentally list the price. hundred oh, like, percent. But I just, it's there are enough safeguards in there, and I feel like there unfortunately have been some that are like, oh, I can't believe this. I was trying to like list this card quickly before I went to sleep, and I put it, and it's like. Don't do that. Don't like, mm. if you're going to sell something that is going to, you know, give you a, more money than you had, just please be careful. And like, this, this isn't stuff that like should be rushed or done when you're, you know, uh, trying to do something else. I don't know what the word is for this. It's something really obvious. Um, you might know it, but basically I'll give you a wee story. So I work in air traffic control, mad safety critical environment, high pressure, all the rest. But I'm cool as a cucumber, Andy. Don't you worry, right? <laughs> um, but no anyway, doubt, no, no, doubt. no doubt. But anyway, in my job, 
there's a thing called like a short-term conflict alert. So basically, if you fuck up as an air traffic controller, there's little little things within the programs and stuff that can save you. So if two planes will be cross coming within the minimum distance we're allowed within a certain amount of time, like I don't know if it's ten or fifteen seconds or ninety seconds, whatever it is, you get a like red bell kind of going bingo, bing boom, bing boom. Look at this, look at this, look at this, and then you go and look at it. There's another one called like a minimum safe altitude warning, where if a plane's going to go too low and there's high terrain in the area, and based on its altitude and where it is on your screen, the computer knows okay, this plane's too low. So you get what's called an MSAW, a minimum sector altitude warning, and this yellow thing pops up and an alarm bell goes off, and you go oh shit, that guy's too low. But there was a fl- there's been flaws in systems before where because of certain f- things that go on in flight rules, basically the alarm is triggered more often than it should. Okay. So that it gets to the stage where every time you just click it off because it's obviously a mistake. Now, they've fixed it and all, and it's not an issue anymore, but there was a, there was a time whenever, for a short period of time, because it's obviously so safety critical, it's fixed straight away. But there was a time where it just kind of became like, oh, there's that bloody alarm again. And you're not actually taking the information and it's just like oh there it is click it and it's the same thing yeah, where totally people are going to list great cards analogy. and they're like they just look at it and they click 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 it doesn't actually matter the the ux doesn't come into play here it's autopilot you go in you put the price in click 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 yes okay over one point or even like it's like when you're bidding now maybe it's a different that's different i was thinking when you're bidding on the auction it's like are you sure you want to bid more than 1.5 times the last price or whatever it is that's a good wee warning for you but like these that's things another one useful. though i think people click right through that too you just go click 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 yeah 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 tick the box accept terms and conditions no i don't want your shitty meal yeah click 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 and then all <laughs> of a sudden you've sold your mbappe for 50 quid do you know and i again I'm not. I, I. I'm obviously being a wee bit. I don't know. I don't know what the word is here. Insensitive. I. I have complete sympathy for the people that have made the mistakes. It could happen to any of us, but it is just one of those things where. I just don't know how much so rare can do there. I mean, I'm sure there's more UX they can do, but there's there comes a point, and I don't know what that point is. There yeah, can only I, be so many iterations until the responsibility has to 100% land on the individual. And are we there? I don't know. I'm not a UX designer. But yeah, like, I, I think it's similar to crossing the street. There's a crosswalk that you're supposed to walk in and there are traffic lights for the cars to stop and go. And there are signs that tell you when you can walk and you shouldn't walk. But it's still up to you to look both ways and make sure a car is not barreling down the street. And, you know, th- we have to be able to make sure that we look both ways before we post these cards. And I think there are things that like so rare could do. Like I think pre-filling the box with like a, you know, point whatever they do, like maybe just leave it empty. And so people mm. actually have to like type in the full price. I, that felt like an easy one to me, but like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a programmer. I don't know how easy that is to do, but like, it felt easy and that felt better than like the, any sort of like pop-up or warning. So like, a, like you said, pop-ups happen. You're just like, Oh, let me just get out of this so that I can mm. finally sell my card. And then yeah, 50 quid for an Mbappe. Andy, Passphere gate goes on. Some motherfuckers come in and undercut me to 0.45 my initial price. Oh. I'm going to go to 0.449. Wait, what's the XP? <gasps> Mine is at 4%. His is at 2%. Yeah, you match it. Nobody's going to buy his at the same price. I'll match it. 0.45. Take that. You f- wish I'd accepted the 0.44 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate this game. I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh god imagine game, right? how funny would it be if i had type not point not four five 
Yeah, right on the podcast as we, uh, yeah. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, play page update. They've changed it to a white background. I don't know how big a deal that was to people. I didn't even notice some people have. Actually, before you, you go on from that, though, the play page tab, or tab, when they changed it from the region, you know, go by region, they go by scarcity. I remember you saying on this very podcast multiple times that like people reach out to you, would reach out to you and be like, where can I play my rare cards? Where can I play my yeah. super rares? What's the deal with limiteds? And I remember when they changed to the scarcity, like divisions, everyone was like, this is awful. I can't, I don't know where anything is. Cause every, you know, we're all used to going, mm. you know, doing all of our regions first and not the scarcity. But like, I thought of you immediately when they changed the scarcity because like new users were coming to you being like, I don't know how to use my cards and you yeah. would have to go through. And I saw this new you know, interface and it's like, this is how you use the cards. And, you know, all of us who are used to so rare, we're all up in arms, but like fundamentally it is significantly easier to understand what you're doing mm. now for, for new users at least. And so hopefully the volume of uh, questions has gone down since then. I have to say it has in terms of like, specifically that question i haven't had that in a week or two which mm -hmm. is which never used to happen and it is it's one of those i think for new users it's much more intuitive for previous users it's adapt adapt really there's just that period of adaptation but i think already i find myself in the podcast referring to rare pro rare mm -hmm. rare divisions where i'm already trying to get out of the d4 d3 lingo because over time that's just going to be like when people talk about power or power as some people might say I'm from Northern Ireland. Deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> all, the, all you fuckers. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely is an improvement. Yeah. But um, back. I mean, the page can still use plenty of improvements, but that was. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Like new people would understand that one much more than what they had. Mm. Yep. Um, the next thing was the new game modes progress bar. So now they've basically, and I think it's become more concrete recently, where. It's not just about a progress bar anymore. It's new game modes as well as a progress bar, which is making people think there's going to be like side games. And there was corrections here. Apparently this was a mistake by Dan. He didn't mean to put new game modes in here. It was meant to just say progress bar. Bottom line is, it says it there, and he literally says, we're working on the new game modes. So that's plural. That's not just a progress bar. It's time to get excited, everyone. Let's make them deliver on this over promise. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you think? What do you think they come up with? Like, I have no idea. And I, I, I think, have no ideas because I think everything I think of is going to be tied to gambling. So, I I think it's hard, but yeah, I don't know if I look at game modes as it's just like slightly different than what we have now. Like, I don't know if they do like SO7 or SO9 or SO11, and then 11 leads to subs. But like, I don't know. I think fundamentally SO5 is really easy to play. And I don't know. What if, just... like something that will be so easy to implement and it's a fun side game, right? And this is something that I've literally thought of now and never thought of before. And maybe it's a crap game. But imagine as one of these side games each week and it costs them nothing to do, you pick one player from your SO5 gallery or from your, from your so rare gallery, you pick one player that you think will score the most points of all your players that week. And if you get it right, they get a bonus 1,000 XP or something like that. All they're giving out to XP. Yeah, okay, people can cheat the system and have one player in their gallery and level them up quick, but sure, what's that worth? Do you know, it's just like, that's such an easy thing to implement that is a little side game for us to follow. Oh, I might win extra XP on my Tadic this week if he scores 100 and no one else does or... Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's such a quick and little thing. And they can do little things like that, no problem. And I'm sure they've thought of a million things like that. And I mean, hopefully they pick two, three, four, five of the best and give them a spin. Um, is there any you've thought of? Uh, nothing that isn't currently being done. Like they have third-party sites that that do games, like Sora mm. Data is one of them. And I'm not sure they need to do it. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it, I feel like we have the extra utility on the third-party sites and maybe it's a little different because this Sora is in charge of rewards and so it's easier for them to distribute rewards if you, you know, get your, uh, mm. get your score right. But um, I don't know. I, I think SO5... Uh, for the most part, as in in its core, uh, works well, and it, maybe it's just as simple as like, oh, we're going to have SO five that you can you know play your under forty, you know, average players more often or something like that. Like, I think really what what needs to be the focus is getting more utility for cards that like basically right now have none, mm. and hopefully that's where those game modes are coming from. Um, something just to throw out when you mention third-party sites so rare brag there's this influencers league that's been thrown together this week so um apple gomez i think is the name um is the guy who's organized that along with so rare brag and they've picked eight influencers from different sort of communities languages within europe i was asked to be a part of it i said okay so i think if you go on brag I, the deadline might actually be before you're listening to this podcast but just in case i think it could be on friday when the pod goes out so if you're listening on friday jump over to so rare bag brag quickly sign up for that and pick to represent me when the time comes. And basically, there'll be like eight prizes. And some of them are pretty decent. Um, I'll get nothing, but you might win stuff if we do well collectively. Forget about the rules. You'll learn them later. Just go and sign up for a bit of crack. Hopefully, it all works out and it's smooth. Um, apparently, you aren't big enough an influencer, Andy, to get involved. No, I, I found out about it when you started uh, talking about it. And so, yeah, yeah no, I'm not. I did. I there was not a single I, I, American I, I, on that list, too. Ah, but you know, like, sure, geez, you can't have a powerhouse like America in there. You guys, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something funny and I can't, yeah, so let's move on. It's just, yeah, <laughs> pure uh, slap in the face, that's all. But I think there's like two French people, so maybe they should have split that up or like, uh, anyway, I don't know, I'm not getting into the politics. Let's just go beat them around. Let's just go win. I'll take you my team any day, Andy. Yeah, there we go. Um. Anyway, there's a new direct offers UX in the coming weeks complete refresh of it so yay that's coming you think what that about comes with, with being able to comment hopefully that's kind of what they rumored about changing there so hopefully that, that's really all we want yeah just some sort of other level of communication other than hope they have discord mm. yeah well or twitter these days but i yeah. get i get, get what you're saying yeah hopefully hopefully it's uh much improved trading experience. That's what they're hoping for. Uh, Legends, yeah, there'll be more announcements there for the first special weekly in the coming weeks. I don't know. I haven't bought any of you. Um, I bought one. It's behind me on this. Oh, I guess this is an audio podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah Cruyff. Yeah, I bought Cruyff. And I only did it because I was talking to Andy about it. And he was like, oh, I know. The only one I'm buying is Cruyff. And I was like, oh. All right, I'll buy one. And I bought it. I'm like, well, why did I buy this? Like, what am I doing mm. with this? I don't have it's unlimited ETH where I should just be wasting it on these things. Do you know what, though? Like, they're actually really cheap here at the minute. Like, you could get a Van Bast in there for €125. Euro. Cannavaro, Zanetti. Is that cheap? Like, like, it's cheaper. I'm just looking at my ETH balance and, like, the fact that I could pick up, like, three legends with it. Yeah, I mean, 
and have less than 0.1 ETH. Oh, Big Cheese has come back in with an offer. He was the guy who, oh, so he went from, he went from 0. 0.3, 0. 0.43 to 0. 0.44. He cancelled it and now he's come back with 0. 0.435. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? What, is <laughs> what the are actual, we doing? What is the fiat difference of those two cards? Of the, those two? The... So not point, not, not 0.5 ETH. What's that? Uh, I can actually check here, can't I? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it tells you. 1-6-5-6-1-6-3-7, so like 20 quid. Oh. I suppose mm. 20 quid. Well, I reject him. It's a pizza. It's a pizza? Yeah, it's it's like a big pizza. A big pizza, yeah, with lots of toppings. Okay, yeah, still joint lowest on market with another bro. The other bro could bite, though. He could. That's yeah, what this we're is like, had literally here. one of my favorite parts of Sora. Like, th- th- we're living it right here. This Just other broken bite of like, does the other guy say no? Is he having this conversation on his podcast right now? If he should take it or not? I don't know if Big Cheese has the ETH balance to make the offer to two people. So he wants mine. Oh, I see what you're I, saying. I could message him on on Discord now and be like, here, his name's Stephen. Apparently, here's Stephen. Come to point four four five, and we have a deal. What do you think? Then what, what am I doing? I'm just being as petty as him. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. That's the best part of it. Like, it's equal pettiness on both yeah. sides. Or should like, I just reject? He's sitting there, and if you reject it, and he's like, you're really going to reject this over 20 quid? And you're like, yes. Yes, I am. It's rejected. It's rejected. I did it. I did it. Oh, gosh, should I message him? He's going to go to the other guy. Fuck it. There's more fish in the sea. Yeah. You know, big cheese can big cheese can go, and someone else, Skeletor, will come back in, or Magnificus will come in. One of these other dudes will come in and be like, "Here, do you know what it is, John? I'll give you point four five. I think- know your worth. That's a great great lesson to take out of this. Know your worth, everyone." <laughs> What am I doing? I think as long as you're cheaper than Pavel, you look you look okay. There was a card I, I was okay. selling recently. It was a super rare that I like couldn't even sell for. How do you guys say it? Not point one five. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he posted it at like point point five, and I'm like, mine looks like an absolute steal now. And mm. so I, of course, I raised mine to like point three. I couldn't sell it at point one five, but I'm gonna go point <laughs> yeah. three because it's still, you know, basically half of yeah. what he was uh, selling for. So yeah, the, that makes right. us that's do some really stupid things. Oh. Okay, jeez, this is this is dominating the podcast. I'm this sorry. Guy, yeah. So this guy's came back in with 0.44 now. So the offer that he initially cancelled, he's came back in with it, and it's on the table right now. 0.44, and I want 0.45, and there's another 0.45 on the table. Should I drop my one on the market to 0.445? That's what I'm doing. I see what you're saying there, yeah. So reject, go to my card. Hopefully he doesn't go and buy the other one in the meantime. So my favorite thing, while you relist your card there, one of my favorite, don't, don't uh, mess up the decimal either. Please be careful with that. No, oh, we've got it in. No, the problem is it's not going to show for two more minutes. Now this is this is the real sweat, because remember, you have the two-minute warning that we all decided we wanted because we kept pricing cards incorrectly. But my favorite, one of my favorite things about SoRare are the people who will change their name on SoRare like addressing some, like you would change your so rare name to Stephen. I'll take yeah. point, point four four five. Yeah. I love it. It's, I, I it's love so great. Um, <laughs> I have a friend who changes his like so rare name all the time, and it's it's either like I've had a few beers, so come buy my cards, or like I'm really hungover, and so I'm so hungover, I'll I'll consider anything. 
and people go after those cards because they're like, oh, I'm going to get one on this guy. You could go real X Factor story and be like, I'm not, I don't want to sound really dark, but you could be like, my dog just got hit by a car and a vet bills to pay. Come buy my cards. Come or my like, cards. I've just been diagnosed with XXX. Come buy my cards. Yeah. Like that, that gets me. Like, do you know, like on X Factor, I seen it recently. There was something like Gary Vee did like this giveaway of an NFT and it was like, post why you deserve the card. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, I see through the bullshit. And like the amount of responses and they're like, look, half of them are probably true, but half of them are just these bunch of fuckers in a basement trying to win a free card. Sure. Of course. Uh, just trying to spin that narrative and, and, sort of get you going but uh, speaking of shedding tears which i wasn't really speaking about but it just came into my mind i watched king richard in the cinema last night oh how was it it was very good actually it was and there was it was quite a i shed a wee tear at one stage um so yeah i'd recommend everyone goes and sees it it's very good um anyway pivoting and moving on from that so the newsletter would consider it done something about a testing process which is probably positive giving people in the community a chance to test things Wunderbar. John, I have some um, I have some bad news for you. No. He didn't buy the other one, did he? He bought the, uh, the big cheese. He bought the other one. At point He bought the other one for point four five less than a minute XP. ago. He bought the lower XP one. I can't believe that you made me do that. <laughs> <laughs> well then I go back to point four seven five, don't yeah. I? Yeah. Back up to hug Pavel. Jeez, this is a roller coaster. If people could see my look, that's another two minutes off the market. Imagine Pavel sold his for 0. 0.498. I'd snap. Oh, anyway. Man. Oh, John, that's a. Uh, that's a I, mean, I caught that. I knew it was going to happen. I can't believe I had. Should have I almost feel like I should have to buy it now at 0. 0.45, but. Um, Just give me a Dan back. Straight not- straight. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Right. <laughs> The next point that needs discussed is AC Monza, the first club from Serie B. Um, and please note that Serie B is not currently covered in our fantasy game. There's a lot of red X's on the market today. Um, what are your what's your gut feeling there? I think it's I think it's a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know why they have to mint these. Like I don't know if Monza came after them being like, hey, we want our NFTs. Like, like, why are they doing this? Are Monza winning Serie B or something? No. I think they're mid-table if I remember somebody commenting earlier about it. No, I think the... When I first joined SoRare, I had a call with uh, Brian O'Hagan. And he was adamant that, like, the, the fantasy game is what they consider to be, like, the core of what they do. Like, that's that's their biggest focus. And I think over time, it's clear that like collectability is something that some people join for. They like the idea of collecting these cards. They may collect physical cards. And so, and they look at NFTs and they're like, oh, these are cool. So I'm going to buy these. And I think there is a, I think it's okay to sell cards that are not SO5 eligible because there could be people who want to collect them. And on top of that, I think that there are enough people that I've heard that are want extra utility from garbage cards. Not to say that these new cards are garbage, but uh, the there are these like collectability aspects that doesn't really exist. Like we can, you know, you get those points to use in the shop for a new, you know, banner over your mm. team, your gallery or whatever. But there are people who are like, 
what if it would be cool if you had to collect, you know, an X number of cards in order to get, you know, a new version of whatever, you know, Mm. and theoretically these cards can classify that, you know, collect five Monza cards and you can get a new Juventus card or something like that. And so I think there's, there was every reason for so rare to start doing cards that maybe move away from SO5 and maybe this is just the start of it. I don't think they're going to make that much on them. Like, I don't think people are dying to buy them because I think the market is still very much set based off of SO5 usability, but Hmm. why not? Yeah. We don't have to buy them. It's okay not to buy things. I get you. I I think for me, it's like one of those where it's like, Maybe Monza are a really well-known, established club. I mean, it says 1912 there. They've been around for over 100 years. Maybe they have a really passionate following in Italy and people would actually collect these. Okay, look, I, I do get the collector's point. But for me, it's kind of like... I don't know. And I'm very happy that Napoli haven't been re-released because my rares are like super rares at this stage. <laughs> but it's like I'm literally getting like 13% on a Koulibaly, which is like mad. That's wild. But, um, and I hope they never re-release them. But it's one of those where it's like, is it real? Is that where we're at? Like you're, you're chucking out clubs left, right, and center, and you, you're you're having to go to Monza. Maybe I'm being a bit shallow or a bit disrespectful towards Monza, but I'm just like they're not even usable in SO5. And for me, I don't even I didn't even know they existed until today. So if it was like this club full of history and you know there is a very active base, maybe the maybe the Italian community are big supporters of them and really wanted them on the platform. I get it then. Do you know what? I 100% get it. I can't say this and it, it annoys me. I can't say I'm against it anyway. I just don't really feel either way. It's just kind of one of those. It's, it's just a bit weird. It seems a bit off. It's just like, why have you resorted to this? <laughs> That's Do weird you know? is exactly what I said like out loud when I read it. I was like, here's yeah. a new club. You can't do anything with these cards other than just like buy them. Wow, that's weird. They're not even in Europe. It's like, do you know, at least with like the like Shakhtar ones and stuff, like, mm-hmm. okay. But I, I don't know. Weird um, is yeah, the way it's I just, put it. I don't know. I, I don't think, well, I don't think this is going to be the last club they do. Like, I think no. now that they have the two Bundesliga deal, like we're going to see some of those cards. And I don't know. I think people are. I, there are enough people who want to like speculate on second division tier teams that like, Oh, if I can collect them all and they get promoted now, all of a sudden I have all these new mm. cards in champion Europe or challenge, you know, like I think there are enough people who speculate, but, but yeah, it, it just feels a little weird. That's all. Yeah. That's why we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. Bit weird. Um, so look, I thought this review was particularly pertinent to read out while you're on the podcast. Um, Jay Fraz is going to be cringing at home. Uh, but yeah, please do leave a review. If you're going to give me a Christmas present at all, please do leave a review on this podcast on Apple or wherever you can leave them. But it's normally Apple. And if you don't have an Apple iPhone, go and steal one. Um, beat someone up, take their phone, leave me a review and then like post it back to them or something. But this is the review. You're going to love this one, Andy. So rocking the so rare scene is the headline. Five stars says Jay. An engaging podcast with an animated host. What more could you ask for? How about subject matter which has revolutionised the fantasy football arena? This is the bit you're going to love. I never miss a single one of John's pods and always the number one that I'm waiting for each week. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fascinating, in-depth, so rare discussion. All things current regarding the football platform. My ears are happier after a dose of so far so rare. Has there ever been a better review? I don't know. The only thing, and it makes it even better that I get to gloat about I'm the first one that he goes to each week, not you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. He probably wrote the same thing on your podcast review. (laughs) (laughs) 
fucking Jay. Um, but yeah, there we go. So, we have a bunch of community questions. Before we do, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. They're kind of clickbaity ones. We're going to put these out as little clips on Twitter. So, if you've seen those and they brought you to listen to the podcast, you can skip two minutes. But, Andy, um, the two questions I wanted to ask you. The first one is, you have a big regret. What lesson did you learn from your biggest regret on Solar? Yeah, so I think this is going to be particular to whoever, whatever your regret is, but specifically mine was counting card values as if I had already sold them. And so mm. during the boom, uh, which was you know earlier this year, February, March, I had two cards that uh, were valued at basically eight ETH together. And I started to buy cards with like the idea that like, oh, well, I have this eight ETH in my back pocket, so I can like start mm-hmm. spending and I'll just sell those cards whenever I need the, the funds. And I did not sell those cards and they're not worth eight ETH today. <laughs> and so like, really like that doesn't mean like, you know, just go out and do, you know, buy every card you can just because you have cards behind you. But like, just know that if you have very valuable cards, you need to have a plan of, do I, am I going to sell these at some point so that I can buy other cards or am I going to hold on to them? And if you're going to hold on to them, like the present value basically doesn't matter because mm. you don't have that money. And so that's that's like the tip that I have is like, just because your card is valued at something, if you're not going to sell it, it doesn't really have that value. Mm. As we just seen with Passphere. <laughs> <laughs> and the, oh. the second question we have, uh, have for you is, um, what one piece of advice would you give to a new user before they buy their first card? Yeah, so the the fundamental thing is that you need to have a plan. And there are people who can come into SoRare and they're just say, I'm just going to have some fun. And like, really, I don't really care what happens. Obviously, we're all, we all want to win at games. But if you want to take this seriously, and it seems like there are a lot of people who do want to take this seriously, plan out what you're going to do before you do it. Because mm-hmm. the way that a lot of users come in, they just start buying cards left and right. And they're like, oh, I'll make some lineups here or I'll do something here. And then they get to a point they're they're kind of scattered and they only have like partial lineups in some regions or they spend too much on rare cards when they should have been buying limiteds or they bought limiteds and they really should have got super rares. But like have a plan before you start buying because when you start once you start buying, then you almost like force yourself into buying other cards that like maybe don't make sense because the first one didn't. So it's not that fun. I get it to like join a game and then being like, oh, let me plan for like two weeks and then I'll do it. But like, that's like the best advice I can have is like plan what you want to do before you actually do it. Otherwise you'll come in, buy Ryan Cherky, Adela Sheesh and a bunch of these hype young players you love and then realize you can't play anything with them. So I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep, yeah, two great pieces of advice there. Fair play. Um, we'll move on to a bunch of community questions. Um, so big, big thank you to everyone who submitted them this week. There's been a great response. And yeah, let's get stuck into them. So as always, I'll start with the most liked. So even if you don't have a question, topic, hot take, whatever you want to, whatever statement you want to make, that's a big thing. Don't feel you always have to ask a question. You can say something controversial and we can debate it. But basically, um, if even if you have nothing to say, make sure every week you go to the post and like what you want to hear spoken about because I will start with the most liked. So the most liked was from Questo, future guest, past guest. Firstly, well played on the app. Secondly, have you considered contacting SoRare and shoving a firework up their arse and giving them some advice in terms of coding and successfully rolling things out in a quick and concise manner way ahead of the game? 
thank you and no <laughs> no we haven't no what we're doing is on a much smaller scale that what so rare is doing and so it obviously is a little easier for us to come out with new things that uh, don't take as long to develop because there are you know there aren't legal contracts that uh, affect what we do in terms of license groups and we, we're not the ones who are actually selling all of these and creating all these cards and there's just a big there's a lot more that goes on in so rare and uh, you know, hopefully that people who use so rare data know that, uh, you know, we give them good access to what can make them a better SO5 player, or know what cards that they can buy. And so uh, thank you for the kind words on the app and we'll uh, we'll keep working. Thank you. There we are. There's your question answered. And past fair gate rolls on. Ooh. I listed it for 0.475 and Pavel undercuts me to 0.474. Pavel has 30,000 cards. What on earth is he doing? Uh, speaking of him, he posted a card the other day for five, five euros. It was a limited card. And I thought to myself, he has 29,000, 30,000 cards. And he's taking the time to post one for five euros. He has to have people working for him around he, the clock. Like maybe 10. Like Has to. Um Anyway, I decided going just one below him. It's, it's he, he's got the newer season card. I don't think Passfear is particularly collectible, so I come in at point four six five. A little bit of a save in there. Let's see how this pans out. Maybe my guarantee of it sold by the end of the show isn't going to come to pass. But on to the next well, question. In, in fairness, <laughs> a Passfear card did sell before the end of the podcast. That's fair at the price I'd set it at, which is a real <laughs> shame. At a lower XP than me. Anyway, um, I've really made a balls of this. So rare Ireland past giveaway winner, I might add. Oh, and just right, to let yeah. everyone know who listens to the podcast, I'm, I'm going to blow your mind in December. You're going to shit yourself. Um, so rare Ireland asks under the radar MLS players for 2022, please. And just a heads up, go and check out my YouTube this weekend. I do have a video dropping on Sunday, I think, with the MLS card guy, where we look at ten players um to buy in the off season. So be interesting if you pick one of them by chance, but. Um, yeah, there's a question for you, being a Yank and all that, under the radar MLS players for 2022. So I'm not, I wouldn't ever say this publicly, but I'm like not an MLS expert. You just said it publicly. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, like in all honesty, uh, I, I realize that MLS is the local league in the country that I'm in, but like MLS was like one of the last leagues that I picked up. And I don't want to say that like I know nothing about MLS. But there are people who are much more qualified to speak on on the league and on mm. under the radar players because people who are under the radar for me may not be under the radar for others. And so my response would be just to check out John's video that he's going to have with uh, who did you say it was with? Uh, the MLS card guy. He has yeah. a YouTube channel too. I'd advise checking it out if you're into yeah. MLS. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. And I mean, I also could take a great opportunity here to pump some of the cards that I, I would be. I'll be trying to sell and in January and March, my MLS cards in January, March, but, or January and February, excuse me. But uh, yeah, no, like I, I think that's one of the, one of the weird things that people, I guess, understandably assume about me that I'm like, oh, he's an American. He must know everything about MLS. And it's like, <laughs> I don't, it was one of the, la like the last leagues we followed on, on for Rotowire, like the, the Premier League was obviously the biggest one that people cared about. And so that's kind of where my focus went at the beginning. And it's weird the random players that I know now, thanks to so rare. But um, yeah, I would say if you're looking for like really good MLS 
players just look at my gallery and try to buy them for twice of what they're valued at. <laughs> Something I'm actually really tempted to do is buy some super rares. They're they're so well priced. Do you know the price now compared to everything else in under twenty threes in global that's in Europe. If I'm gonna play them in global or under twenty three, I'm looking thinking like I could pick up some cracking super rares now. Give it three months, and then all of a sudden, you have a you've just a really really good team potentially for D two D threes in those regions. So yeah, that's I'm, I'm staggered by the prices really. That's part I of mean, my plan. I get it, but yeah, that's part of my plan for the off season is that there are definitely MLS super rares that will be, you know, you know, the, it's kind of the standard off season price drops that we see in every league. But yeah, for MLS, I mean, MLS is back in February, and so it's not even that long. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you're going to play them in global, there are some really good players that put up some really good scores that uh, can can help you in those. And one of the things that uh, we've talked about on the Sober Andrews podcast that there aren't like that many elite elite MLS teams that like you would want to stack. Like there's no Bayern, there's no Ajax, but there are players that are really, really good. And so mm. uh, you can, you know, target those guys and, you know, they'll, if they score more, you know, we have a, the equivalent of Dusan Tadic in MLS, then you can get those scores in all-star for significantly less. But you see, this is the thing I find myself recently, I hate challenger and I'm sticking my Tadic into D3. Uh, All star, mm-hmm. along with like two days super, super rares, whatever. Uh, rare pro, please. Rare, rare pro. Sorry, jeez, look at me, and I jeez. call myself a content creator. My gosh. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I could sell that Tadich and probably buy like two pretty decent, or like one really solid, super rare from the MLS that would really, really, really help me compete in All Star D three, sure, and D two throughout next summer as well. Yeah, and it's kind of about time in that. So I'm thinking, like, look, Tadic is amazing. I don't know I might milk him another month and then do it, but I don't know. It's like when's the when's Tadic peaking and when's the MLS one of the MLS cards bottoming out and it's trying to sell and buy at the right times. And then part of me also, it's like I always begrudge getting rid of really really top players, and I would miss Tadic because he's just a nailed on captain every week, sure. sticking with a couple of super rares and a defensive stack and prey and. I, but the thing here, here's a question I have for you, right? I mentioned this in a recent podcast or video, and I don't really know if I'm just being an idiot and thinking about it wrong, or if I'm thinking about it right. But I have found I'd be really interested to hear because I was listening to your podcast today, and you were talking about stacking and something else, and I was thinking I'd love to ask you this. I hate having Tadic because every time Tadic does well, I don't have the full Ajax stack. So if Tadic does well, Ajax have inevitably done well. And the full Ajax stack is nine times out of ten beating my Tadic, Fanakin, defenders stack and yeah. other midfielder or whatever. So, like, it's very rare that I'll pick, even with, like, let's say I stick, like, a Guzan and a Bellow as the kind of rare and super rare Bellow in. And then let's say I have a another super rare who's, like, a decent midfielder or something. I don't even know. And then if Tadic and whatever, I find that no matter what, I'm not competing with the full Ajax stack, mm-hmm. even when Tadic scores 100 as my captain. So I'm getting a lot of the best I will ever do is like 25th. I'm, I, haven't, I haven't came close to a podium with Tadic. And it's like, am I looking at it wrong? Do I need to just go and buy the others? Do I need to... I, I, what, what am I doing? I feel like I almost read it better just hedging against Ajax and going completely different as opposed to having like their best player as captain. And maybe I'm just wrong. Well, 
first off, I'm so, so sorry to hear that you're finishing 25th in a contest that has like thousands of people. <laughs> Get out of here. That's an example. <laughs> My apologies for that. <laughs> but no, I think one of the weird things about the IAC stack talk, and uh, Andy and I did discuss this a little bit on our last podcast, and uh, I tweeted about this, about the recent game week. So game week 220 is when everyone's like, oh, the IAC stacks are killing everything. So it's not... Tadic and Bergheis and Hilaire. Like it's Timber and Martinez and Blind and it has been Passphere. So mm, yeah. <laughs> Sensitive, yeah. Yeah. Passphere is gonna drop a 70 this weekend, and you're gonna be furious that you sold at four point or point four six five. That's all. Uh but anyway. Possibly. So so actually I don't think having Tadic, like it almost not that it doesn't matter, but like Tadic is a great card to have and it's fine. But it's really the defensive guys that are just like killing everybody. You know, if you don't have them, then you're just like they're getting what feels like hundreds like every week from all of their sideways mm-hmm. passes in the opponent's third because IX are just so much better than everybody else in, in their league. And so, no, I think if the the real reason to sell Tadic is just that you can get a lot of ETH for him and you might be able to buy somebody who's comparable scoring wise. Um, so, yeah, that's the reason. It's not that like you should just think that like i don't think yeah. selling out of ix guys is like the way to like beat ix necessarily but <laughs> yeah. it's not cottage is not like holding you back it's really that it's the defenders that are just crushing people who's like a comparable let's go to similar players and so rare data say, oh, there's hey, a, yeah there's an easy tool here johnny russell russell's like the most undervalued player on the entire platform so i could sell tadich and buy his super rare mm-hmm and is Johnny Russell nailed to like play there next season again and do the same thing? Uh, he's just a little older. Is the is actually I don't know. He's younger old. than Tadic. Oh, he is younger than Tadic. You're right. Yeah, I mean Johnny Russell in MLS is is like the elite of elite. And so uh, I used him as an example in a video that I did that's on the Sorer Data uh, YouTube channel, which I encourage anybody to subscribe to if they haven't. But but the similar features. It's like I think I was it was Lewandowski, and I'm like looks. Can you get any players that are that score similar similarly to mm. Lewandowski for a fraction of the price? And like Johnny Russell's face just like pops up, and it's like Johnny Russell, Benzema, Lewandowski, and Tadic. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. But even his rare for point two two seems insane. Yeah, the only thing that like throws it off a little bit is that Alan Polito is like their was their main striker and was out most of the season hurt. Not to say that they, I mean, the, Russell was very good with him anyway, but, uh, you know, the dynamic changes a little bit when when they're together. So you could go and buy Polito and Russell for like 0.35 now, and that's even if you just bought from market and then potentially stack them. You could. Madness. I'm tempted to like just, part of me also just wants to like sell a Tadic and like use that like 1.58 to just build like a really strong MLS team and build a really strong Asian team. And then maybe use them in global sometimes when I'm stuck. But anyway. I have that with Alfonso Davies right now. What's he at? I have I've always wanted one. Uh, like one two, I think is the low price for it. Yeah, one point two five. Yes, yeah. last L five isn't great, but yeah. no, he's terrible for Canada. Is the problem? All those possessions lost, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. So many. Oh, I so think many. I I I think they changed that down the line. I don't know if they do. 
I think you talked about this recently. I mean, yeah, Trent would just I, be like hundreds every week. Yeah, I don't saying? think they have to. Like, that's the funny thing is that everyone's like, oh, imagine how good uh, TAA would be if they got rid of that. And it's like, he's the second best defender on the platform, like scores wise. Yeah. So like, why do we need to drop him up even more? Yeah, I'm so happy. He's probably my favorite player. That's why his shirt's on my wall behind me. Yeah, I, he, yeah, I, he's I on understand fire. why. And I keep going really hesitant to captain him because I'm kind of like, he's either hero or zero. And like, you know, if he plays a game that they don't do great, I mean, if he lots of lost possessions he and mm-hmm. he can see the goal, he can score low enough. But like, he's just not doing that recently at all. He's got like 300s in his last six appearances or something stupid. That's crazy. But, and a 97, <laughs> and an 83. <laughs> but, let's get another couple of questions in because we're, we're getting towards that time. Um, Nick Taylor wants to know um, how frustrating it is being the second Andrew from the Sorare Andrews on the podcast. You heard? So the the salt in the wound is that the first time Andy was on, or when Andy was on, was the same week that you were on our podcast. Yeah, and I was like, oh, was like, we're all friends here, blah, blah, blah. And then it took me like <laughs> two months to get on this one. And so I don't want to say that. Well, I'm- you know, all I'll say is that wasn't planned. Um, that was the week that Aaron Jones' audio yeah. was lost and Black stepped up. So all I'm saying is you didn't step up. So that's it's fair. on you. No, no, that's um, um, that's fair. And I, I don't want to say that I um that I threw your past fear deal into the fire because of that. But. <laughs> Do you know what? You one hundred percent did. That was all you. <laughs> I've, been, I've been scheming this for two months actually. I knew the day the past year would get benched. And you're multi accountant. Big cheese yeah. is your girlfriend's account or your wife's account or whatever you've got. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. I have, I have a Passvir update also. Somebody no, else. As Pavel undercut me. Pavel went to 464. Pav- I'm going to message him. Pavel, get off my turf, mate. <laughs> me and Pavel have a good relationship. Unlike you. I'm blocked, so yeah. I, I don't... I have to go back. I said I would do that. Uh, but I have to go back to find out like what offer I made him that was so offensive that finally he was just blocking me. Hmm. You've yeah, he blocked you, and I'm like one of two people he follows. Yeah, he not only did he block me, but then he uh, offered to buy my gallery this week, which I was just like, wait, I heard that. Are we friends now? What's going on here? I'd love to see what he'd offer me. I wouldn't sell it though. Not a mission. That was my problem. I didn't even write back to him because I was just like, I don't know yeah. what. Like, I'm not taking less than solar data value. Yeah, but I don't even know how much more I would want. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, would I take, would I take like thirty-five ETH now for my gallery? That's like a few ETH less than so rare data. Nah, nah. I just, do you know what it is? I can't be arsed rebuilding. I just can't be arsed. That's <laughs> would, that's effort. Yeah, I, I'm like intrigued at the idea of starting over, but, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's all. Um. So. Nick Taylor had a more serious question. Do right. you think the percentage bonuses need readdressing so that we can have a limited pro division? Yes. Yeah, well, I, don't... I think it's kind of weird that the way they've been done, to be honest with you, because all the other bonuses are... like Is is limited just the same as rare in terms of the percentages? Yeah, like they basically don't have one. Like the super rare has like the 20% bump and then yeah. there's a 25, 20. So maybe does, does everything else go up? And then, because I mean, there's only so... Like limited can't go that much. Like what I'm saying you, here is that rare started zero. I think it has to be dependent on the 
on like the, what do they call them? Competition. So like in limited, every, every card has no bonus in limited pro the limiteds don't have a bonus, but the rares have 20%. And then the rare Mm -hmm. division, everybody's the same, but in rare pro, the super rares have 20%. Like I think we just, this seems easy to me. Yeah, maybe so. But that's, I mean, that doesn't make it means it doesn't mean it's easy. I just, or you just like up the uniques, up the super rares, up the rares and then pop limited in. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it makes sense to, well, maybe they do. I don't know that. I, I just I feel know. like that's starting to make it more complicated. The whole like XP makes sense to me, but like adding the extra, uh, the, the super rare bonus onto the XP makes more sense to just do that in the competitions themselves. So just like, by the See, way, I, I, you see, I disagree. I kind of think like if every card just had its XP nailed and that is your XP and this that's is your, that, that, that's your XP, it's on the fucking card. doesn't matter where you play it. That's what he gets unless it's obviously like a special weekly. But if you start going like, oh, so this gets nothing if it goes here, but it gets five if it goes here. But what that's if fair. it goes there? Then maybe I feel that's almost more complex, especially for like a rare card. It's like, so if I'm in D2, if that even is going to exist, probably wouldn't exist. But anyway, the whole like of a rare goalkeeper he gets X here and then D3 and then a D4 if they were different. Right. But then you would probably have to raise the bar on every division or every scarcity to bring limited in where it is. I don't know, but I do think like if it goes the way we're all guessing it's going to go, which it might never go. I mean, there's going to have to be some sort of change. Um, I I think not having a limited pro would be disappointing. Like I'll put it that way. And less less because we all talk about it and more that it just seems to make sense. Like why, why, why not just put it in? I hear you. Perez wants to know which player from the USA do you expect to be the highest SO five score in five years time can be current or a prospect. And if the answer isn't Jesus Ferreira, you're wrong. So which USA guy do you think will be the best in five years time? So I think the, I don't know. Is the question which current MLS player will be the best in five years, or I don't who think is the it's MLS. in five years? I think it's like American, like which American player. So not necessarily MLS. Oh, okay. I I took it as like who is the who is the best scoring player in MLS in five years? Which player from the USA does Andrew expect to be the highest SO five score in five years time? Look, um, we've already talked about MLS, so let's go. I'm going to go American with you. Well, well, well. The only reason why we'll I go was both. Like, the, yeah, the only reason I was like hedging super on that is that the way that MLS has been working is like players either come in not like towards the end of their careers as much anymore, but like somebody like well, like Carlos Vela came in mm. and he was he spent time in Europe and then just dominated Major League Soccer, and Carlos Heel had a time over in Europe as well, and now he dominates. And so it's like, I don't think there's somebody in MLS right now who will be the highest scoring player in five years. Like there's talk about Lorenzo Insigne going to Toronto. And I think that those rumors are, it's absurd rumors, like absurd. But yes, if you search that, I think people from Toronto who wanted Sebastian Javinko to come back and he wasn't sure he wanted to come back. So they just found like the other really short Italian guy who plays and they got Insigne. But (laughs) It, like, but like Insigne would be the highest scoring player in MLS if he like came and that's in five years, like he would just yeah, dominate. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's the thing about MLS and, or on the other side, you know, they get a lot of like young players from South America that come in that are pr- pretty much use MLS as a stepping stone to Europe. 
like we saw with uh, Miguel Almiron and like mm-hmm. he you know went to Newcastle after he was with Atlanta and so like those it's I think it's like literally impossible to say who the highest scoring player in MLS is because it's either going to be somebody in Europe now could be Dusan Tadic for all we know in five mm-hmm. years or it could be some literally 15 year old kid who's in Colombia and he could be it I I like your answer um I am really interested actually because it's it's something that's come up now in this podcast maybe just because you're American maybe not but also because I did the video this week that's going out on Sunday it's like I'm talking about MLS more this week than I've spoke about in months <laughs> and they're also at stupidly low prices so I'm really actually looking forward to having a bit of an ETH balance and going digging um someone's just offered me 0.4 for pass fear get out of here um the- <laughs> Not a chance. See if I go and look at the market and he buys Pavels, I'll snap. But one really interesting, I thought this this was interesting because we, we kind of talked about this earlier about ideas for games. Uh, Yeswayjose.eth says, heard some good idea, good ideas for new game types in Discord today. What do you guys think? Now, we've already talked about a couple of things we thought of, which not really much. Um, but he says, a few you've seen in Discord were subs only. Players only score if they come on as a sub. Head-to-head cup, bit like an FPL, a knockout stage with a random group of 64 equally matched players. Any others? Um, so that's just a couple more to throw into the mix. Really. I think a more interesting question to add, to like complicate that is, do you think those games are best on so rare as opposed to somewhere else? I think the issue is, it's like the reason that for me... So rare data's leagues and cups, brag or mega. The reason they aren't as engaging is so rare isn't to do with the game style. It's it's a lot to do with the prizes. Like you really need to like win to get something because so rare obviously only allocate X amount of prizes to these third parties. Sure. And look, I do find them. I, I try and enter them all every week, and I find them enjoyable. They're a nice wee thing to track, and I love it when you come up against someone you kind of know, and it's all great. But the chances of actually winning prizes on these on these sites are they're quite slim. That said, I won a mega prize. Um, there you go. A limited popped into my account. A keeper, handy for training. Kevin Fichtenster, some Austrian thirty-two-year-old. Um, and I was like, "Where did I get that?" And it was from Mega. So like, they do exist. They do happen. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe elsewhere is the best place. But if so, the, the the issue it all comes back to this. So rare have a finite number of rewards. They can only spread them so thin. Sure. We all want more rewards and they can keep licensing teams and pumping out new scarcities and stuff. Here's one for you on that tangent. Do you think rare cards will be able to win you limiteds at some stage? I think limited pro will pay out limited cards. Do you, but like, you know, the way now in like D3, you come in star rares and in D3, you're using super rares. Yeah. Do you I think, think limited using... pro will be the same that you can use, you'll use three limiteds and two rares but you'll only be able oh, to win yeah. limiteds. In D2 at the minute, though, we don't get rares. We only get tier 3 right. super rares and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, need... so that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yes, yeah. I, think, I think that's... I think that there are that's... so many limited cards that they'll they'll be able to award those whenever they want. Yeah. A star limited would be nice enough to win, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And it would, again, it goes back to that trickle-down. I don't really compete in D5, but, I mean, if I could win a few cards that could help me compete in d5 i'll see you there i i do compete in d5 and it's fun because it's all the cards i can't afford in d3 d2 mm. the issue well, is d4, that many more people have them isn't it and there's mm-hmm. some stupid scores down there but oh really fun. stupid yeah it's literally like 500 points i would argue only the most skilled managers can win down there 
as we've seen this week. Frequent question submitter to the show. CG, so rare. One, congratulations. That's it's right. maybe got a, a limited messy, so do you know, I don't know. He's got this beef going on with a few other guys. I don't know who's in the right anymore, to be honest with you. But that's all I'll say on the matter. Congratulations. Um winning messy is always fun. Winning messy is always fun. Um so yeah, look, Andy, I'm gonna ask you the question I ask everyone when we wrap up. It's the 137 game. I want you to pick two players that are playing in game week two two two. Um, and com- try and combine for a score of 137. And when I say that, uh, just to reiterate, I mean 136.5 to 137.4 because the prize, I, I'm not giving this prize out to any old chump who shoots 138. It is 137 on the button. You will get arguably the most collectible platform card in the platform. I've been offered Mbappe for him. I turned it down. It's Atibo, but it's not just any Atibo. It's the 30 of 100 Atibo. Um so yeah, it could be yours. So the I really consider this just choosing one player because the player one was already chosen, and that's Adon. <clears throat> Get out so, of here. So, so for those of you who don't, they know, all know. They all know. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. think they do. You can tell them. So I don't. I still don't know why you sold them to me other than you were like, yeah, that's fine. So I bought a Don. I was looking for an Adon. I was looking for more under 23 keepers. Yes. So I was switching it up. And then I gave a really good deal to you because you were a friend. So that, I think that's exactly <laughs> like, honestly, I think that is what happened. Like we, I, you had talked on a number of your podcasts about how you were going to really focus on uh, under 23. And I looked at your gallery because I was looking for a Don to buy from anybody. And I'm like, this guy is, 35 36 and i said this guy doesn't fit john's strategy so maybe he'll sell them to me and yeah i think you sold them for less than what the lowest offer was on the market it was extremely generous at the time he had been like your most profitable player in terms of like rewards mm-hmm. and yeah so so he has to be the card that i one of the people that i choose for the 137 game like can i just say about how rich a history that card has that card has a rich history of friendship because I'll tell you what, I bought that card when I first joined the platform. The date I bought that card was like a day after I joined the platform or like two or three days after. Wow. It was the first goalkeeper I bought, I believe. And it was at the recommendation of Ross Hendo, Henderson, Hendo, sure. who he said to me, John, I'm going to buy this card because it's 30 quid for a goalkeeper who's going to be starting for sporting next season. He's under the radar. People don't realize it yet. Or he's just signed and he'd be starting soon or whatever it was. Mm. And he said, go and buy him. He's a bargain. I let you have him. So he let me buy him for a ridiculous price of 30 euros. I sold him to you for what I thought was a, a bargain at the time, but I was happy to move the money on. And here we are. So that card can't just go to anyone whenever it's time for him to move on from Lardinio FC. <laughs> It's yeah, I think I'll point out it's also an Atletico Madrid card. It's not a sporting mm. card either. So um yeah, that's rookie. Good. <laughs> 36 year old rookie, 32 year old rookie. <laughs> but, rookie. That's right. That's right. So um, I'm gonna guess you're gonna stack a sporting defender with them and hope for two clean sheets, or am I wrong? No, so the easy answer would be to second answer would be uh, Sebastian Coates, who just absolutely crushes, but I I'm not gonna pick him. Don't write him you'll down. You'll hit hundred you'll hit hundred and sixty. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to play this 137 game and have to score 200 points and mm. then you know uh, mostly because i'm playing both of them this week obviously i'm going to play adon um so adon will have 100 
And then I'm going to say 37. Adan points. will have 100. I think Adan's going to drop 100 this week, yeah. <laughs> Get out of See, if you call that, you can have the Atibo. If Adan <laughs> scores 100 this week, you can have the Atibo yeah. when the 137 game's over. If there's ever a time where Adan would score 100, it's when you and I do a podcast talking about this card and how much you meant. I mean, it's it's got the whole Sora friendship vibe to it. The 100 is yeah. coming from Adan. And I hope well, he shoots it against Borussia Dortmund in the midweek. And I would then, like that too. But doesn't <laughs> shoot it. But doesn't shoot it at the weekend. That'd be sick. But against Tundela, he's going to have to save a couple of penalties, like isn't he? Yeah, I mean that's. Ho- yeah, hopefully he does. Maybe he'll score a goal. It'll be like Allison. He'll have the clean sheet and a goal mm. that gets you to seventy. He'll probably have to save a penalty too. Yeah, it's a lot of decisive. But anyway, the hundred anyway. for Don, and then the. My second player is going to be Jacob Rasmussen, Ooh, who's yeah. playing against AZ, and he'll he'll score the thirty-seven. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, he's a decent all-round scorer, but he's going to concede too many there. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I have him. I, I always liked him. He was a monster last season. He got injured. Yeah, he hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the same this season. I remember last season he scored like a hundred in like a one-nil loss or like a two-nil loss. It's crazy. Yeah, but um, okay. Adan and Rasmussen, two players that I have had or have, and uh, yeah, best of luck. I was wrong. I didn't sell my pass fear before the end of the podcast. Mm. Let's check one last time. Have I been undercut again? And uh, yeah, maybe I'd have it sold by the weekend. By the time the po- Pavel's undercut me by one again, but like not not one. Do you think there are people who will still buy your card because they don't like buying his cards? I don't know. People might not like buying my cards either. <laughs> well, we know one not, person. Who how 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 annoying is this? I have literally just listed them for 0.44. No, don't do four four. But, do four eight. But Pavel's got more XP than me. But yours is the rookie. Mine is the rookie. The rookie pass fee. <laughs> yeah, you thought that Don rookie was. Oh, uh, I gotta go to point four four eight. I just hope I get them sold. But you know what? I can line them up this weekend. Anyway, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I implore everyone listening to go and listen to the So Rare Andrews podcast, um, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, what, Rotowire Sports or something? Is it under? Yeah, you Rotowire can just search. Soccer? I think you could I literally just search So Rare Andrews and it'll come yeah. up. So. It's on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we leave? No, I think we hit everything. Uh, obviously, with... Uh, with everything going on with Sora Data, if everybody could just, uh, yeah, if you haven't gotten the app, please get it and please rate and review if you enjoy it. If you absolutely hate the app, I'm not sure why you hate it, but feel free to reach out to me and tell me why you hate it um, and don't leave a review. But uh, you can yeah. find me on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, get everything sorted for you. Absolutely. Well, look, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure we'll, we'll chat again on one of our podcasts soon. Thanks, John. Pleasure's all mine. Cheerio. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. I think it's the most I've ever laughed on one of these podcasts. It was great fun with Andy, so big, big thank you for his time. Make sure you check out the So Rare Andrews podcast. Uh, It's one of my favourite listens every week. And please leave a review on Apple as a Thanksgiving present. And happy Thanksgiving, obviously, to all our American listeners.